Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The drawings look absolutely beautiful. What it is that the Indy 11 plan to do with 11 Park taking over the Diamond Chain building there in downtown Indianapolis, not too far away from Lucas Oil Stadium, and quite literally recreating a city down there. A 20,000-person stadium possible for soccer for the Indy 11. Apartments, retail, you got the green space, you're right there on the river. It changes a lot of things. It is a visionary project. That much shouldn't be denied. Tony Katz, good to be with you, but there are questions. Like, who pays for this thing? How do these kinds of projects work? And when we see stadium funding deals, usually it leads to people saying, why am I paying for a stadium? And then, of course, there's the big question. Does all of this matter if the Indy 11 can't go to Major League Soccer, to MLS, and do they need to? Ursal Ozdemir joins us right now. He is the owner of the Indy 11 and of the Keystone Group, engaging uh, in uh, this project, building out this $1 billion stadium uh, district. And uh, full disclosure, I've known Ursal for a while. You guys know that I'm a supporter of the Indy 11 uh, repeatedly. I go to games, and I've been fortunate enough uh, to spend time with Ursal both uh, personally and professionally, uh, let's start with this desire. This is not a small project, young man. This is swinging for the fences. Uh, why downtown India as opposed to a place like Westfield? Why the diamond chain building? Why this project? Good morning, Tony. Thanks for having me. Uh, you made my day when you called me a young man. I feel uh, uh, blessed you called me a young man. So I'm here for you. On your show. Thank you so much. Well, um, as you know, city leaders uh, back in the 70s um, choose, chose sports as an economic driver. They were trying to figure out what to do with downtown, how to energize downtown. And they chose uh, sports as a business model to bring and create jobs and economic impact. Indiana Sports Corp was the first of its kind in the country. It hosted many, many global events and helped to create a downtown what it is today. So. Um, we really kind of continue to build on the, what the city leaders have uh, visioned back in the 70s from building an NFL stadium without a team, uh, rebuilding a new stadium for the basketball uh, Pacers and a new baseball stadium and expansion of convention centers. And uh, we're, we're building on the vision that our city has built. So you take, a look, at this, you take a look at this site. The, the diamond chain building, and you're not just putting in a stadium, you're putting in a city. Um, was this to get it sold, or do you feel that this is how you create development that creates more value? Well, the, we've said this almost 2014 and on, um, even without a site, without all that, we always express that the soccer being the, the global sport, when you go to Europe and South America or other parts of the world, these soccer teams have been around over 100 years. Cities are grown around the soccer stadiums. You go to Chelsea in London, if you're a Chelsea fan, 
you know, you live in the area. It's part of the culture and fabric. You go to Spain, Madrid, you know, uh, so the stadiums uh, have helped to build neighborhoods. And it's the anchor tenant. And people want to close to that. People want to walk to that. It creates a walkable uh, environment. And we always felt like a soccer being global and, 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 and very diverse and attracts you know, all kinds of uh, different people, backgrounds. And we wanted to have the same experience regardless who does it. And what's important is that, as, as you've seen, when you just build a stadium without much development around it, it's hard to just develop around it. And we've seen that with basically the Soul Stadium, beautiful stadium. Not much has been developed around that. We wanted to make sure that we're not just really building soccer stadium. We're creating a whole village and transforming the part of downtown. You're a block away from Lucas Soil, uh, on the river, a block away from Victory Field, the convention center, the, the 6,000-seat amphitheater, TCU, White River Park. And, and can, more importantly, to create a whole area for downtown to, to be attractive, uh, to attract even for sports goers that come in downtown, uh, regardless you come for soccer, you're coming for local soil stadium events and victory field and concerts, conventions. We're creating a village that is going to be 365, uh, somewhere that you live, work, play, and happens to have a soccer stadium with that, which will always increase that value. But more importantly, the location is so critical that uh, because of this part of the city, you have a data center that blocks the river to the south of us. You have diamond chain that's been 100 years which is 20 acres that blocks the river accessibility. And then we have a, a, a substation a power plant to the north of us. So it really blocks the, any access from public to the river. By doing what we're doing, we're accessing the river and, and being part of the White River vision that our city leaders have put together to activate the river. So regardless, basically, the stadium, uh, this is going to completely transform that part of town, especially the state and city's investment to Alonco to bring a Fortune 1000 company right across the river with the new bridge and, and the street is going to go through our project, Levin Park, the Henry Street, that is going to connect a global headquarters of a company to us, to downtown. And we, we believe that it's going to continue to help to re-energize and redevelop and, and create economic impact to the west of downtown. And we will get into the idea of uh, the, the the city leaders' visions versus uh, your own visions. Talking to Rasaw Ozdemir, owner of the Keystone Group uh, and owner of the Indy Eleven soccer team, the Eleven Park project going in the Diamond Chain Building downtown Indianapolis. When these projects occur, and you and I have discussed this, the conversation is. Who in the world pays for this? You're talking about a billion-dollar entity here, and there's always something that goes to the people where they're like, hey, we just have a stadium. Uh, pay for this through all sorts of means. How is that happening in this situation, and how do you sell that to the people? Yeah, great question. So this is different than, than, the, than other projects. One main difference is that we are going to invest privately over a billion dollars. So this is a real estate development, and, and the, the, the state bill that passed in 2019 basically says that I have to pay 20% of the stadium, which will be publicly owned. The stadium will be publicly owned. I still have to pay 20%, and Indy 11 has to still operate and pay the operating expenses. The 80% of the taxes that will come to pay for public loan venue, it's not just for soccer. Now, remember, you can have football games, lacrosse, rugby. You, you will have the largest concerts in, in the state because 
You, you can have up to 30,000 seat outdoor concerts in there. We'll have international games. So it's not just the soccer, but obviously there will be an anchor tenant in the 11 for that to do that. So the way you structure that, it, it's 20% we pay privately to the stadium. Real estate is privately developed, so we're investing over $1 billion. But for the stadium, this project wouldn't have possible to, for us to invest this kind of investment for that part of the downtown. And 80% of the, the, the um, cost that pays for the stadium is, comes from the real estate that we generate. The generation based the state of Indiana allowed to capture up to $9.5 million a year. That money basically, the city CIB will capture those, and they'll use those funds to pay for the portion of the stadium. So the, we are generating the taxes, and we're not capturing all, the city's not capturing all, by de- developing some uh, hotels and office and residential and a lot of restaurants. It's creating you know, over a billion dollars economic impact under the area to taxes, and it's only state is allowed only capture a portion of that to go towards to pay for the stadium. So in some ways, we're creating the taxes, the districts, by investing privately. The private investment generates the taxes. Some of that will go towards paying for the stadium. The rest of them goes back into the, into the funds. This isn't taking any road project. This is not taking any school infrastructure. If we didn't really do this, these taxes wouldn't exist anyway. So, it's, so it's your argument is you're not taking from other places, and let's hold off on, on hitting the, the sounder there, Jonathan, just right now. Uh, you're not taking from other places to pay for this. You're paying for this. It's it's your investment, investment group of a, of a billion dollars, and your take is we're creating tax revenue. We aren't taking it. That's correct. This, the, the, the reason we're also doing a larger development also is that we need to create enough economic impact, thousands of jobs, to generate enough taxes to pay for the 80% of the stadium, right? 20% is still privately paid, so we're paying 20% for a stadium that we don't own. The 80% comes from the taxes that the district would generate from the private investment. And it will be significantly more taxes generated. We're only only capturing 9.5% of that. And what's, other, what's different about this stadium project is also we're also financing this project. So any cost or overruns will be borne by us privately as well. We'll pay 20%, and anything basically goes over that, we will also pick up the additional cost of that. So that is really taking a lot of the risk and, and uh, pressure from, uh, from the taxes. Right. Uh, we, we believe we're generating significantly more taxes, and only portion of that is allowed to go towards the stadium. So it's a win-win-win for for the city, state, and and to the neighborhood. Before before I let you go, I only got about thirty seconds left. One of the conversations is all this is for naught if the Indy Eleven doesn't go to Major League Soccer, which would have, as Alexi Lawless pointed out in a series of tweets uh, uh, to people, uh, members of the Brickyard Battalion, and others, uh, you're talking about a three hundred million dollar plus franchise uh, tag, right? That you'd have to pay Major League Soccer to join. As you see it, in about 30 seconds, does the Indy 11 have to join Major League Soccer in order to be successful, in order to make this project work? And if not, is the Indy 11 still looking to join Major League Soccer? Yeah, great question. The, so the, the taxes to generate the 80% or unpaid 20% of the stadium doesn't really rely on the size of the stadium. Thus, we're building so much private development around it, great economic impact, jobs, and taxes. So the, 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 the stadium is 15000 or 20000 really. The taxes are basically coming from the real estate portion of the uh, project. 
And the team needs a stadium. As you know, um, your, your second division or third division or AAA or minor league, you have to have a proper venue. We've been playing on a track venue converted with soccer right. and, a, and a Carroll Stadium, which has been great for, for us. But yeah, as you know, we don't have uh, enough bathrooms. We have 40 parties. We don't have a place to cook food. We have to bring food And in. this is a There's huge no upgrade. I understand that. But only because I'm up against it. I'm up against time. Are you looking to take the team Major League Soccer, yes or no? We have always said that, Tony, that you know, we will never say no to that. We don't need to go to Major League Soccer to build a stadium. The, the project is self-generates enough. We're making a transformational impact to this area to create this village. So we're going to need the 20000 with or without MLS. But it does make it easier when you have a venue already built. There's an opportunity. We will basically look at that opportunity and decide at that time. Ursal, I'm up against it. Ursal Ozdemir, the owner of the Keystone Group and the Indy 11. I appreciate you being with us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Matt Bear.